Blog Talk Radio. Father, Father God, we praise you 
through all the trials and tribulations. And we are not surprised by the fiery trials that are trying us because your scripture has admonished us and warned us about the days that we are in right now. Father, we praise you for the days that we are in right now, and we thank you for choosing us before the foundations of the earth for these days. We praise you for having written our work, the works which you intend for us to walk in into our book, our books in heaven, and we praise you for that. And we pray for your strength to be poured out upon us in an anointing that we would be able to continue to serve you in, 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 in just an, an amazing way, Father, beyond that which we are able to comprehend. Lord God, we, we see the things that are happening across the earth. Many of us are still continuing to look into such matters. And the more we peel back the, the, the pages of the, um, of the darkness to, to investigate where we may be in the end times, uh, the more dark things darker the things begin to reveal themselves to us and it it becomes even ever so much more troubling to continue our walk um, with joy in our hearts and without your touch from the Holy Spirit and your presence in our lives as we seek you and uh, struggle to remain ever present in the secret place of the Most High. Father, it, it, we, we beseech thee to outpour the presence of your Holy Spirit upon us to give us the strength and discernment to, to pour out the Holy Spirit gift of faith. Again, the Holy Spirit gift of discernment, the Holy Spirit gift of love upon us. Not that we don't want all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, because we certainly do. And we, and we trust you, Father, to make them manifest in us as we have need, as your scripture says that you will. Um, but, Father, we especially ask you to outpour the, that Holy Spirit gift of faith, discernment, and love, because these things are those which we need now more than ever before, because we have to be able to overcome the effects of the darkness on the revelations of our understanding of the days that we are in right now, because it is very, very difficult, Father, uh, to understand or to be able to comprehend, even though your word admonishes us and warns us about these days, and Jesus, you did at the Olivet Discourse especially, um, it, to, to actually experience it and go through it, particularly in slow motion, as we, as as it you know it feels to those of us who are enduring and going through it, uh, is is far far more difficult and challenging than we any of us could have ever imagined years ago before the days grew as dark as they are now. Lord God, we praise you and we pray that you will forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that your will will be done in our lives and if we have any course correction that is required, any chastening, any uh, testing, uh, any anything, even even a Job-like experience where even, you know, Job could not understand he, for obvious reasons why what was happening to him did happen. Many people who read the book of Job do not even to this day understand why those things were allowed to happen. But we praise you, Father, for the book of Job for helping it because it helps us to understand so many mysteries of the scripture and how the dynamics of the kingdom work. And and if it wasn't for that, uh, we would be um, uh, ill-equipped to understand these things, and it would cause us to feel as though you had deserted us. And we praise you for, help, for, for that advanced understanding. We praise you, Father, for the things that you have divulged and revealed to your servants and the children of the kingdom. And we pray that you will help to enable us in Jesus' name uh, through whatever anointing, through whatever outpouring of your gifts, through whatever uh, blessing that you would 
feel mercifully led to bestow upon us in our walk that uh that that we can be strengthened be filled with joy in days that from a from from a human flesh standpoint we would be hard pressed to understand how to achieve or how to walk in such joy and we just praise you father it's not just a matter of prayer it's not just a matter of reading the scripture it's not just a matter of having the having jesus or any of the apostles or uh, you know the the word of god admonish us and tell us that we are to live in joy and and to shine as a candle in the darkness but father it's it's the actual execution of those admonishments and the word uh in in a reality that is uh, gushing with with darkness that is beyond our comprehension and quite frankly very difficult to impart upon someone who is unaware of it because it's so sinister and so evil that no one very few people are able to grasp it and or nor accept it which is quite understanding uh, are quite quite understandable and we praise you for that father we pray that you will give us just the right words to say when we are given the opportunity to stand upon holy ground and touch somebody else's uh, understanding in their heart let us father always be gentle and loving and kind in our deliver delivery of such information to people who are on the edge or who are unsure about the things that they see because everyone, uh, for the most part, those who do not understand or, or who have not had their eyes open for as long as we have, as much of a burden as that is to carry, are especially challenged to be able to uh, have their eyes opened and would rather go into a state of denial than to have uh, in such a large portion of the darkness unleashed upon them all at one time. It would be too much, too great of a burden for them to accept it all uh, in, in, in such a, you know, such a, a huge amount of information in a short period of time. So we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that when we do, are given that opportunity, that we will be led to just the right place, just the right um, news article, just the right um, uh, touch of information that would perhaps open their eyes in a, in a very gentle way, a little teeny bit at a time, that maybe over time uh, they would become more aware of how close we are to the end times, how vital it is that, that they spend more time in prayer, um, not scaring them so bad that they would run away in horror as, as they might. But to lead them to the glory, to the to the power, to the to the escape, to the rescue of our King Jesus, uh, which is given to us as a gift uh, because of the depth of the darkness and the imp- or the magnitude of it as the days progress. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus in accordance with Luke 21, 36, that we would be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand directly before you, Lord Jesus, not to be out into the sub- not to be sent out into the suburbs, the, the, the suburbs or the country mansion area of heaven but to actually be allowed and invited and indeed to come with you and be in your presence in what some refer to as the second heaven, but I would simply refer to as Mount Zion, the city of the living God, Hebrews 12:22. Father, we praise you for that opportunity. We pray as your scripture says, many are called, again, few are chosen. Father, again, the, the depth and the, and, and, and the depth and of, that, of, 
the understanding of that scripture, lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. Uh, we, we embrace the, the uh, belief that it is highly likely that, the, that one of the many meanings of that uh, passage is that uh, although many are called, few may be chosen, few would likely be chosen to be part of the ruling class, part of the bride of the Lord Jesus. And Father, we admit and come before you in confession that we are absolutely the least of these. There is no reason whatsoever, and we know this from the bottom of our heart, that we are worthy we know and are painfully aware of the mistakes that we've made, just like King David was, as he prayed out to you in Psalm 51. Uh, we still make mistakes. We still are human. We still have our difficult times. We still uh, struggle as we go through these days, and we can we have no place to go. We have we cannot go to our spouses. We cannot go to our family. We cannot go to our church because in, even if we do attend some sort of a gathering or church or Bible study, where our our mouths are muzzled, we're unable to share that which has been revealed to us without being ostracized and potentially persecuted. And Father, I know that you understand this. We had. Certainly, the, the majority of us who have been blessed, and I say that most carefully, uh, with these, which with the the um, um, the depth of the understanding that you have given some of us, uh, perhaps not perfect, perhaps not crystal clear, perhaps seeing through the mirror dimly to some extent. But Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will have mercy upon us, that you will open up doors in our lives, that we will find some form of fellowship to be able to endure these days, some form of of uh, consistent and protected uh, fellowship th that would not turn on us, that would not stab us in the back, that would not, uh, uh, you know, pr make promises of uh, friendship and, and fellowship over uh, long periods of time and then suddenly shift and turn and, and uh, leave us alone. In the, in the corner uh, analogously. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will open only the doors in our lives that you want to have opened. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will slam shut in Jesus' name any doors in our lives that you do not want us to walk through. The scripture is abundantly clear that if anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Uh, James 1.5 And we pray in the name of Jesus, Father, Father God, that in accordance with your scripture, that we can come to a place of trust where trust in you, whereby we cannot uh, lose your protection, that, that as your scripture says, essentially, that you are obligated to protect us when we trust you that much. Uh, and we praise you for the, for the revelation of that understanding in those scriptures. We pray, Father, that you will bring us to a place uh, which is a very, very, very lonely place, uh, whereby we have no no other place to turn to where where we miss you when we haven't spent enough time or or an adequate amount of time due to sicknesses due to challenges in our lives due to all kinds of stressors and um, unanticipated uh, uh, trials and tribulations.
tribulation dynamics. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will stabilize each of our walks so that we can get on that that routine schedule, whatever that may be for each one of us, and spend a disproportionately large amount of time in the secret place of the Most High, reading your scripture, talking to you, Lord Jesus, sharing with you, not only confessing of our sins, but sharing with you our, our struggles, our uh, why we feel the way that we feel, why we don't understand the things that we don't understand, and asking you for help, a helping hand to lift us up and carry us over the shards of glass and the burning coals of the days that we live in today in such a fashion that we will be strengthened, that we will have an outpouring and a presence of your peace that can only come from you through those promises that you have given us in the Holy Scripture. Father, make it a reality to us that we don't just believe, but we know it because we walk in it experientially. We need your divine touch in our lives. We need that strength to be poured out upon us, Father, and we need to be made ready for the days that we have ahead. We, we sincerely and with, from the bottom of our heart lay our lives down and indeed have already, many of us have already put ourselves out there in such a way that certainly we are in the purview, if not on some type of a list, uh, to be taken out by the forces of darkness at some time in the near future. And, 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 and Father, if that is your will, as it was with uh, the, you know, uh, the majority of your apostles, then, Father, praise your holy name, and we just thank you for that, op- that opportunity, that, that, that gift to be able to lay down our lives as our Lord Jesus did for us. And we pray, Father, that you will give us courage, peace, and, and sustained everlasting love that just, just completely explodes out with bright light as a supernova in front of all of those to give testimony of the glory and the faith that we have in your kingdom and the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, again, for this opportunity to serve you. We praise you, Father, for this electronic ecclesia and gathering. We pray, Father, that you will continue to, to pour out your love, your divine protection, your holy fire, your angels. Father God, ascend all of the powers of heaven down to, to, to assist us as we request and continue to protect us that we might be able to serve you even better than we have thus far. We praise you, Father, and we thank you again for this evening and the day that we have ahead strengthen us father for without your without trust in you and your and the resulting uh supernatural protection that you would afford us there is no possible way that we would have the constitution to continue let alone be able to serve you and glorify you through that which our lord jesus christ has done for all of the earth we praise your holy name and we thank you both now and forever Amen. Tonight is January the 28th of 2022, the 26th of Shabbat 5782. The next holiday is Rosh Kadesh Adar 1, and that is February the 1st of 2022. Tonight is 7, 8, uh, the time now is 7.18 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And, uh, and Father, we just give you thanks, and, to get to, and, and, and together we light the Sabbath candles or the Shabbat candles. And it doesn't have to be done on a Friday. It doesn't have to be done at all. It doesn't have to be done on a Monday, a Sunday. However you want to worship God is between you and the Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. But I like to light three, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Praise your name, Father. We thank you, Jesus. The Hebrew, Kadesh. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Bore peri hagaten.
Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'ratzavanu V'shabat Kodsho V'yavahu V'ratzon Hinchilanu Zikaron Ki hu yom techila lemikra e kodesh zechelitziat mitzrayim. Ki vanu vacharta veotanu kidashta Mikol Hamim Veshabhat Kodshecha Be'ava Uvratzon Hinchaltanu Baruch Adonai Metadesh Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in a split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes, those sins that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Never to his friend that he knew. 
eternity and whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones Isaiah 57 15 contrite meaning feeling or expressing remorse or penitence affected by guilt, remorseful, repentant, penitent, regretful, and sorry. Praise God, for our Father God saves such as has a contrite spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Let none of us carry pride in our hearts, always knowing that we are unworthy, always understanding the magnitude of that which Jesus bore, on our behalf, and always self-examining and confessing of all of our sins continuously throughout each day, trusting in God to blot out all transgressions, all iniquity, and all sin. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. 
as far as the east is from the west, so great is his incredible willingness to blot out all of our iniquity, all of our sin. Merciful Father, we praise your name. Thank you for being faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. First John 1 John 1.9, we praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, let's see here. All right. In the name of Jesus, we are going to clear the air. But first, Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven. Father, with your holy fire, and Lord Jesus, with your blood, purify us through and through, completely pure, for only you, through your mercy and grace, can purify us. We clear the air now. Principalities, powers, spiritual host of wickedness, strongholds, rulers of darkness in high places. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb of God, we come against you. Anything between us and the throne room of God, we decree the holy fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof in accordance with all Colossians 2.15. Hallelujah. You are disarmed. We cancel all your demonic assignments against us. We tear up all demonic contracts against us. We cast them into the pit. In the name of Jesus, we declare the fire of God to consume them and vaporize them. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits in our household, on our property, in the name of Jesus, we bind and cast you out into the pit. We declare the fire of God to move through our house, to explode outward like napalm, in the name of Jesus, burning anything unclean that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, and vaporizing it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We declare the holy fire of God to encapsulate our homes, uh, our dwelling places, and we decree the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we plead that you will assign warrior angels to stand guard at the, at the front of our dwelling places. Father, we plead in the name of Jesus for a platoon of strike angels, Father, to be dispatched on our behalf, search and destroy in the name of Jesus, to ferret out, to search, to go into our workplaces, to go into all, any area of the earth, any area of the spiritual realm that may attempt to come against us, to ferret out all those attempts and and to, and to place those demons under arrest, strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God in the name of Jesus to permeate the pit and to burn them into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them thereof. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. For only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We exercise the rule of the victor, our Lord Jesus Christ, over any demonic regions that would attempt to set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the, our King Jesus Christ, against any demonic region that would permit these evil spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books, artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, the cancellation of their assignments against us. And back at them, penalties applied. We cast them into the pit in the name of Jesus and decree the full holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them into agony, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 
Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that that very moment that any of these entities, live or dead human spirits, workers of Satan, uh, members of witch covens that attempt to come against us, at the very moment that they set their wills against us, that your holy fire will shoot down from the heaven, that fire swords of cherubim will shoot down from the heavens and cut them into pieces and vaporize them in the name of Jesus, burning them into screaming agony. For greater things than these will we do, because our King has gone unto the Father. Punish you demons of darkness before your time. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father God. We abandon ourselves into your hands. Father, do with us what you do, what you will do. Whatever you will do, we thank you. We praise you. No matter what we have to go through, we know that you are bringing us to that place of glory by your heavenly mercy and design. We accept all. We pray that you will let only your will be done in us, in all of us, in the name of Jesus. We commit our souls into your hands. We commit our spirits into your hands. We offer it to you with the love of our heart. We love you, Lord. We give of ourselves. We have a need to surrender of ourselves into your hands without reserve in boundless confidence, for you are our dear Father, our Abba Father. Thank you, Father. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay, Daniel 9.19, for your people, those of us who hope to be chosen as part of your bride, unworthy, cry out to you this day, we pray. Let not our prayers be hindered, 1 Peter 3.7, but instead, we pray that you will encapsulate them in a tornado of your holy fire, scattering all demons of darkness in fear, horrific fear, by your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Thank you. 
God, the courts of heaven scriptures, my favorite. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We are a royal priesthood. So important to understand what a royal priesthood's duties are. One of the things that they do if we understand the Levitical priesthood and the lessons from thousands of years ago, they atone for the sins of the many. At that time, through sacrifice, our sacrifice is to lay down our lives to serve our king. And we are his royal priesthood. In fact, we are him on this earth, through his power and anointing, as such. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Praise God. So here we see our Father 
look, essentially looking for someone to stand literally before him. Where is our father? He's in Mount Zion, the city of the living God, in the presence of an innumerable company of angels, all captured in Hebrews 12.22. He's in heaven. When we stand in the gap before our Father, we are standing in the gap before our Father in heaven, who is the Most High El Elyon, the Judge of all, the God of gods, the Creator of creation. When we stand before Him, we stand before Him in the courts of heaven. Matthew 18, 18, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. For those of you who understand, the legal system here on the earth, you have what's known as binding contracts, binding clauses. Those are statements or sections of a contract that are binding, legally binding, which means that the courts will uphold them. And you can also lose a clause from a contract, and it's no longer valid. Essentially, it gets redacted from the contract. So the terms bind and loose are legal terms, which would be used where? In a courtroom. So when Jesus spoke these words in Matthew 18, 18, he was simply letting us know that that which, as we stand here on earth and we bind things, as we stand here on earth and we loose things, demons of darkness, I loose you from that person and I cast you into the bed. When we do these things, you are essentially simultaneously doing these things before the courts of heaven. And our Father upholds them in accordance with his, with his word and his will. Praise God. So we are actually operating in both realms simultaneously. That gives us extreme power. But this is also why Jesus and our Father require us to be incredibly humble, loving, penitent, contrite, because such power in the hands of someone who is not is exceedingly dangerous. Jesus is not going to rule and reign with another version of Lucifer ever again. The testing, the chastening, the difficult times that we go through, the beatings, the, the, the takedowns, the things that crush us and remove all, the, the faith that we used to have in ourselves to walk in a holy and righteous manner on earth, that notion is the notion of a Pharisee, whereby they believe, through the virtue of their actions, their actions, that they are obviously holy and righteous before God. That is the quintessential error and a presumptuous sin. We are never 
ever righteous, except through the mercy and grace and blood of Jesus Christ. And that requirement, that humility, that crushing, that knowing that you are unworthy, the tears that are in your eyes, as you pray, as you confess of even sins of which you may be unaware, asking the Father to reveal them to you, that true heartfelt penitence, that godly sorrow, is a continuous process of our sanctification and walk. The last will be first and the first will be last. Let us pray that we are as last as last can be. May be found worthy. May be called and chosen. For the assignment of such glory, the assignment to be part of the ruling class, to be partners with Christ forevermore as chosen to be his bride. The responsibilities are humongous. They're great. They cannot be quantified. The universes are vast. And yes, I said universes. Our Lord Jesus needs and desires us to partner with him to rule and reign over all creation, all dimensions, all realms and universes, all galaxies, trillions of life forms for all of eternity. And only the most humble, contrite, loving, and truly flawed, not flawed at the time we're experiencing that glory and transformed into his presence, his likeness, into minor gods, little g-gods. But in our current condition, living and being the Beatitudes takes a complete transformation of all things we perceive in ourselves. And only that can happen through the grace, mercy, and revelation the infusing of the Godhead Spirit in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. John 20, 23. I, well, I just realized I've been goofing up and saying 2025. 20, John 20, 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Many people, pastors, preachers, teachers, do not accept the, these words at face value. Because at face value, in their explicit meaning, they seem to indicate that we have power to forgive sins. We have power to retain sins. Yet, if we study the scripture properly and comprehensively, we discover that as a royal priesthood, we actually do have such powers. However, they will only be honored by our Father if they are administered in a holy and righteous, loving manner. Even Paul, the apostle, turned some over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. The scripture is very clear why he did that that they would ultimately be saved. 
that they would make it into heaven as a result. This is why some may end up in a sickbed. Some who are not responding to the admonishment of our Father, to the chastening, to the changes in their lives, to the trials and tribulations, with grace and a contrite spirit, praising God for loving them enough to effect the necessary change that they might make it. In some cases, our Father, rather than lose them to the evil one forever, will allow them to go through very difficult times, indeed, even deadly illnesses, because it may be their only opportunity, their last chance, to truly seek God with a contrite spirit. Daniel 9.19 says, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act and don't delay. For your own sake, my God. For your own sake. Which is interesting because it aligns beautifully with Isaiah 43.25-27, which is powerfully uh, aligned to the concept of us correctly being a royal priesthood. And the power that comes with it, and the responsibility that comes with it. Where our Father says, I... Oh, and it's fascinating how it says I, even I. So when it says I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. The only appropriate manner in which that can be understood in the English translation or the translation to the English is that our Father is pointing out how unlikely it should be that he would do something such as this. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. If your transgressions are blotted out, do they exist anymore? Are they remembered? See, many are very quick to point out that we will have to answer for all of our, you know, for all of our, you know, statements and behaviors and beliefs and things like that. But I believe, based upon the Word of God, that some will, yes, because they did not walk in a penitent, contrite spirit. They did not continuously confess of their sins. They did not make the necessary adjustments through godly sorrow and recognition of the sacrifice of Jesus. Yes, in that case, I do believe that they will have to answer for all of those things. But I believe, based upon the other scriptures, which I am sharing with you even now, I, even I, <laughs> that for some of us, our transgressions, our iniquity, and our sin will be completely blotted out. It will not exist anymore. It will not be remembered. In fact, it says that right here. So not only does our Father blot out our transgressions for his own sake, but it also says he will not remember our sins. He won't even remember them. 
He asks us to put him in remembrance and asks us also, let us contend together. Let us work together. This is very, this is analogous to the prosecution or or even a lawyer uh, for the defense. It really is irrelevant, which in the courts of heaven. Now, I think from an appropriate or most accurately aligned analogy, it, we would be more or less working on behalf of the defense, not the prosecution, because the prosecuting entity in the courts of heaven is Satan. He is the accuser of the brethren who accuses the brethren both day and night before God in the courts of heaven until he and his minions are cast down to earth. Revelation 12, the dragon. That is not currently in effect. Probably isn't too far into the future. It will begin and kick off the great tribulation. And it will be obvious for the the unfortunate ones who are still here on earth, because it will be accompanied by a massive otherworldly being alien invasion from fallen angelic beings, multitudes, millions, that are not from earth. So they may be fallen. They may be messenger class beings of many different varieties. Who knows? It's reasonable to understand that from the scripture. But it will be massive. You can call them evil angels if you wish. But it will be perceived, it will be seen, it will not be faked. This notion of a faked alien invasion, that's fine. I don't see that anywhere in my Bible. But I will say, I definitely see real otherworldly being invasions upon the earth, clearly spelled out in the scripture, particularly particularly during the day of the Lord, which is in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, through 17. That span of scripture is the day of the Lord. So Isaiah 13 plugs in there. So does Joel 2 and other places that refer to the day of the Lord. It's not one day. We praise you, Father, and we thank you for not remembering our sins. And we hope that you will allow us until we leave this place to hopefully stand in your glorious presence with exceeding joy that we might contend with you, work with you in the courts of heaven on behalf of those who are accused, on behalf of those who are lost, and also on behalf of our fellow brothers and sisters that may be struggling to keep up They may be struggling to understand, and they may need all the prayer and help they can get. We praise you for that privilege, Father, as we stand on holy ground. Thank you, Jesus. Zechariah 3, verses 1 through 7, continuing with the courts of heaven scriptures. Then he, then he showed me Joshua. Now this is Zechariah seeing this happening in a vision. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. 
Now, where is this taking place? This is taking place in one of the courts in heaven. And it becomes very obvious as we read on. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. Now, I think it's exceedingly important to capture the, the idea, or not the idea, but the explicit statement that in this particular example, Joshua is not just a priest. He's a high priest. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him, to accuse him, to accuse him. The accuser of the brethren who accuses the brethren both day and night. That's found in Revelation 12. Verse 2, and the Lord, our Heavenly Father, said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. So our Father isn't all too happy with Satan here. In fact, he's downright not happy. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So our Father is with great fervor rebuking Satan for attempting to accuse Joshua the high priest because he should have known better. That he was chosen by God and plucked from the fire, taken out of the evil one's hands. Satan had no right to him, even though he was seeped in sin. It's a fascinating concept. How do we know? Because it goes on to say in verse 3, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, that's sin, and standing before the angel. Verse 4, Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him. So this is not taking place in an empty courtroom. This is taking place before, most likely, an innumerable company of minor gods. And he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Our Father, our Father is doing this. He says, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you. Iniquity is an underlying belief system or bias that leads to sin. For example, iniquity, an example of iniquity versus a sin, iniquity would be believing that you have a right under the Second Amendment of the United States to shoot and kill other people, even in your own defense. That's iniquity. Pulling the trigger is the sin. Okay. See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. So our Father will make him holy. Verse 5, And I said, Let him put a clean turban upon his head. So from head to toe, our Father is completely purifying Joshua the high priest. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the, of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge over my courts. And I will give you places to walk amongst these. I can see our Father 
waving his hands over an innumerable company of minor gods amongst these who stand here. What an amazing thing to envision in your heart. What an amazing opportunity that is presented to us. Zechariah 2.5 says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Praise his name. Job 1.9 says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? So here we take away multiple understandings that are associated with our ability to execute spiritual warfare prayers on behalf of others. First off, if our Father has a hedge of protection around somebody, for whatever reason, Satan cannot touch them. Obviously he can't, because right here he is utterly befuddled. When, father, when our Father allowed Satan, with restrictions, to attack Job, to help us understand the operation of the kingdom and how it works. Without the book of Job, we would not have the advanced mystery understanding of the scripture and the power that has been afforded to us and the necessary understanding of how and what to say in a spiritual warfare prayer or command. Here we clearly see that Satan has no right whatsoever to touch Job. Why? Because Job feared God. Fear of God and fear of hellfire is one of the most powerful um, attributes that we can have in our lives. Lack of fear of God makes us exceedingly vulnerable to the evil one and ultimately not to make it and, and be cast into the pit. Satan is befuddled. He says, does Job, Job fear God for nothing? His mind is completely blown away. Have you not made a hedge of protection around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? There is a mystery. Why does it say on every side? We must embrace these mysteries. We must acknowledge them. We must understand them. And we must leverage them. When we call down the holy fire of God, we want to fully encapsulate that which we seek protection on every side. Praise God. Galatians 2.20 underscores the fact that it is Jesus Christ that we are on this earth. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Well, Jesus is in us. 
through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2.20 says, We've been crucified in Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Jesus Christ who lives in me. Which means what? You're Jesus. You are Jesus. What can Jesus do? Who is he? Is he not God? Then are we not afforded the power of the Godhead? What does this entitle us to be able to do? Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Underscoring how crucial it is that we strive always to please our Father. For if he makes even our enemies to be at peace with him, how much more so will he bless us Oh, we might feel lonely. We might feel that we have every reason in the world to be bummed out, to be sad. And from an earthly standpoint, we'd probably be quite right. But from an eternal standpoint, we would be awfully mistaken. We must keep our minds stayed on things above. Look at things from an eternal viewpoint, lest we fall into the pit of despair and become vulnerable to the accuser of the brethren, a place which we, in our walk, should all seek to avoid as we struggle to balance ourselves on the narrow path, which often crumbles under our feet. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. There we are as kings and priests. Apply that to ruling and reigning with Jesus. It goes far beyond our heavenly abode and expands out across all of creation, which by definition is the kingdom of God. Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue, people and nation. And he made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And I assure you, not just on the earth. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. I love this. It may be the only passage in the entire Bible which explicitly calls out a high-level description of the layout of heaven. Yet, most do not see it, most do not recognize it, and most are unable to apply it to their own personal hopes and dreams and aspirations 
of glory, to pray, to be found worthy, to stand before Jesus and understand what that means. We all simply assume that when we go to heaven, we're going to be standing before Jesus, but that is not how it works. Not at all. Many will be in the country mansion area, also part of the outer darkness. The outer darkness term is simply a reference to the area of heaven, which is outside of Mount Zion. It's a high and lifted up part of heaven. It's a mountain. And up on that mountain is where our Father resides, his throne room and the heavenly courts. The areas around it that go on for what may seem forever, very, very distant, very big place. The further away you get from Mount Zion, the less amazing things become. The closer you are to Mount Zion, the more glorious and incredible the mansions are. Yes, there are many smaller mansions or homes very similar to that which was painted by Thomas Kincaid. Some of us will be blessed with both country mansions or country homes and city mansions that exist in Mount Zion, Pearly Gates. Many believe in the visions that they have experienced as they stood outside, if you will, the Pearly Gates. They perceive them as themselves as actually standing outside of heaven. But in reality, they were not. They were simply standing outside the gates to Mount Zion, which is where the vast majority of Christians upon salvation will be. They will be in the areas where the country mansions expand outward from Mount Zion. Many will have to grow and go through training over an extended period of time before they will be allowed to progress to a more higher glory. Most who enter into heaven and are uh, initially given a place in and within the shadowy area of heaven, referred to as the outer darkness, which of course sends a wrongful message and it's less than appropriate interpretation. Most will have to grow substantially over a long time until they are able to progress into a higher level of glory. As you progress into higher levels of glory, the light, the brightness of the light, is intolerable to those who are not glorified at the same level. It's a blinding white light. So if a person who is not glorified enough were to enter into Mount Zion, the light would be so white and blinding that it would be actually intolerable. Many who have been taken into Mount Zion had to eat of special fruit along the Crystal River to become glorified enough to enter into the actual throne room of God. 
There are levels of this glory. The more glorified we become, the closer to God we become, the more we are able or allowed to through our rewards that are achieved through our works on the earth. may receive glorification in such a way that we are able to have a city mansion as well as a country mansion. In the city mansions, that is where much of our training will take place. How long that will be, we will have to be required to go through training is unknown. The assumption would be based upon testimony that it would be a pretty long time. Furthermore, it would be estimated that being glorified as part of the bride inside the heavenly Jerusalem that descends upon the earth during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth would also be part of that training. Odin Hetrick, when taken to his city mansion, having both a country mansion and a city mansion, his, his, the back terrace of his city mansion had a view of the throne room of God. And it was within his city mansion that he was taken by the Spirit of God into the presence of otherworldly beings, a feminine and a male version of, well, aliens. Otherworldly beings that are not indigenous to earth. He was taken by the Spirit of God for his training. It made him feel very uncomfortable, and he said so. The Spirit of God admonished him and said, You're not leaving until you learn your lesson. Odin saw other versions of otherworldly beings doing different things there. Playing music. All sorts underscoring what our ultimate destiny hopefully is, which is to rule and reign with Jesus. Praise God. So again, Hebrews 12, 22 to 24 captures the concept of Mount Zion within the realm of heaven. And it says, but you have come to Mount Zion. Now, let us just look at that passage right there. How is it that we have come to Mount Zion? I don't see Mount Zion. I suspect you don't either. But it says right here that we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Well, if that be true, which it is, then, spiritually, we actually are operating in the courtrooms of heaven as we operate here on the earth, as a royal priesthood, as the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in us with the same amount of power. In fact, with even more power than he exhibited here on the earth. As it says, I believe in John 14, 12, 13, and 14, where it says, greater things than these will we do, because our king has gone unto the Father. 
greater miracles than Jesus did. Why then would we not take advantage of such power and privilege to stomp out the works of the devil, the evil one, just as Jesus did? As it goes on to say, so again, to capture it all, but you have come to Mount Zion. So we've come there. We're there. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So there's obviously a Jerusalem in heaven as well as earth. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly. Well, what's a general assembly? It's a congress. Lawmakers. And the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all. To the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. What's a mediator? It's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's an advocate. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And therein lies yet another mystery. That one, of which I don't completely understand, admittedly. Praise God. And then Nehemiah chapter 1, 5 through 8. By the way, which is echoed in Job 9, I believe it's 9.25. Sorry, not Job. Uh, Daniel 9.25. Here, Nehemiah, as well as Daniel in 9.25, both of them do something that is very interesting and most churches, if not all churches, quite frankly, would say is not allowed. But they would have no scripture to base it upon, only assumptions. Nehemiah says in his prayer, your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. He's talking to our Father. That you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants. Key words here. And confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you. I have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances, which you commanded your servant Moses. The takeaway from this prayer is that Nehemiah is confessing of the sins of the children of Israel. He's confessing for other people on their behalf which is very similar to that which a royal priest would do through animal sacrifice, atoning for the sins of the people. It all aligns harmoniously and with great grace and beauty when one spiritually discerns the scripture from the very beginning of the book to the very end. For it is, while a paradox, Utterly true from beginning to end. 
providing that you are able to discern it. How great a mystery and how wonderful the privilege. We praise you, Father, for this opportunity to use that which you have given us, those who are least worthy, to use on behalf of those who do not understand. To you be the glory through Christ Jesus. Forever and ever, we pray, Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name.
Lord, let me always follow you and humble my heart. Praise God. This is a prophecy from Bond's blog, Sister Bonnie in Australia. Um, from August 11th of 2013, entitled, And Then I Come for You. Daughter, see, I find it fascinating, before I go on to read this, I find it fascinating that those these prophecies, which I have, I don't know, maybe hundreds of, that I've collected, some of them are printed out and in a folder, um, some of them are just saved in a Word document, <clears throat> I find it fascinating that as time goes on, they make more sense. It's almost as if some of them are in progress right now. Praise Jesus. I love to reread them on occasion and to see the new uh, epiphanies reveal themselves as we look around us. Quote, daughter, take heart, for I know you are concerned about what is coming. This event of which I have spoken is a cataclysmic event that it will affect all of mankind. Now, I wonder to myself if that isn't the uh, meteor off the coast of Puerto Rico, which kicks off the great global earthquake and the day of the Lord, but I don't know. Goes on and says, you, my bride, will be protected, but you will see many things you would rather not. All I can say is a hearty amen to that already. Quote, this is why I keep telling you to keep your focus on me, your Lord and Savior. My bride will be used in a mighty way to bring in the last harvest before I bring you all home to me. So this does appear to be referring to the day of the Lord, the three days of darkness, and the 40 days in which what I believe is the wheat harvest, the, it, which I believe is the final harvest, where, they, where, where the saints that are still in the earth and still alive because of the devastation of the great earthquake and the meteor strike and the tsunamis, those that are still alive will be transformed at least to some degree, into beings of light, minor gods, and for 40 days, bring people to Jesus, which would be the final harvest after the three days of darkness. Goes on to say, quote, So many of you are anxious and concerned and want to know when, 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 when this event will come. But my children, you've taken your eyes off of me your Lord and Savior, and your provider. I am to be your first love, and your trust must be entirely in me to provide for you and to protect you no matter what happens. Yes, I have said I will give you warning, so fear not. This event has been planned since the creation of time, and nothing will prevent my will from being done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Remember that I told you there will be a short span of darkness, difficult times, that you will need to walk through before I come for my bride. I believe that we are in this period right now, and I believe it will get worse. And there will be a time when it may appear that I have forsaken you. I'm sure that there are many believers that are feeling that way even now. But it goes on to say, and I quote, but nothing could be further from the truth. No matter what happens, no matter how you feel, I have not forsaken you, and I will never forsake you. It will be at this time that you must strengthen your faith in my word, the Bible, by reading the Bible, by reading it. Because it's living and powerful. Living and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 Strengthen your faith in my word, the Bible, and in my personal word spoken to you. Just because you may not be able to feel me for a short period of time, Know that I am with you regardless of how you feel and that I will bring you through. There is so much coming, my daughter, as I have told you. Know that when things begin to happen, they will come in quick succession and there will be hardly time to catch your breath between these events. Know that my time has come for my wrath to be poured out upon the earth because of the vileness of her sins. But you, my precious bride, will be protected. Remember, too, I have told you, I have work for you to do. My Holy Spirit will infuse you, and you will go out, out of your homes, into the streets, and you will bring in the great last harvest, and then I will come for you, my precious children and beautiful bride. Then I will come for you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
unchanging, untainted, perfect in all your ways, in all your seemed to come from every angle. Suddenly, there was another great clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world. And I heard again the voice, the voice that seemed to speak. Now this is my people. This is my beloved bride. When the voice spoke, 
I looked upon the earth, and I could see the lakes and the mountains. The graves were open, and people from all around the world, the saints of all ages, seemed to be rising. And as they rose from the grave, suddenly all these people came from every direction, from the east and the west, north and the south. And they seemed to be forming again this gigantic body. As the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first, I could hardly comprehend it. It was so marvelous. It was so far beyond anything I could ever dream or think of. But as the body suddenly began to form and take shape again, it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant. But this time, it was different. It was arrayed in the most beautiful, gorgeous white. Its garments were without spot or wrinkle as its body began to form. And the people of all ages seemed to be gathered into this body. Slowly, as it began began to form up into the very heavens, suddenly, from above the heavens, the Lord Jesus came and became the head. And I heard another clap of thunder that said, This is my beloved bride, for whom I have waited. She will come forth, even tried by fire. This is she that I have loved from the very beginning of time. Your vessel was down enough Am I worthy enough to seek Him Or have I forsaken my quest for the lost You seem to forget that I would never let My children fall prey to destruction Your longing itself is the proof that you are mine Praise the pain away Don't forget where you belong Like the steadiness of the sun Keep on burning Never turn Just keep this up And you will learn That my children need my light Every day Would always wake you up Now look at my eyes in your mirror And give me one single reason to stop The wrong that you did, I won't remember it What matters to me is that your spirit is shining Just rest in my light 
and watch those shadows dissolve. Pray the plain away. Don't forget where you belong. Like the steadiness of the sun, keep on burning, never turn, keep it up, and you will learn that my children need my light every day. Never forget that this is always your home. You can come as you are, and you'll always be loved. In my presence, time is gone. Future mistakes were all forgiven by me. If you hold to my word, you will always be free. This promise will stand till the end of time. It was paid in full when I called you mine. Praise the pain away. Don't forget where you belong. Like the steadiness of my son. Keep on burning. Never turn away. Just keep this up and you will learn. That my children needs my light every day. of his plan in his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn so we gather from memory the glory of the lamb the one who was slain for the seed of abraham as we long for your coming we imagine the feast the king and his bride when our waiting has ceased You arose and went back up to heaven To speak to the heavenly course You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had power to cause 
And I can only imagine the thunderous sound as though heaven exploded in tears. We were free from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win. So we gather remembering the healer of our soul. Destroyer of death, the Lord of the old. The light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land, all of creation, restored by his hand. Eternity, all is revealed. By the time we remember, all scars will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride. When our waiting has
a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. He, Jesus, went a little further, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3:16 We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51:1 through 14 Father Father have mercy on us according to your deep love and your kindness according to the multitude of your tender mercies. We ask you, Lord, our Father, blot out our transgressions. Do not remember our sin. Father, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we confess and acknowledge our transgressions. Our sin is always before us. Against you, Father, you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, 
Lord God, you desire truth in our inward parts. And in the hidden part, you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, Father God. Then we shall be clean. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Lord, make us hear joy and gladness in our hearts, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sin and blot out all of our iniquities. And please, Lord, create in us a clean heart. Continuously renew it as you renew our minds. Do not cast us away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us and let us not grieve him. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with your presence. Father, restore to us the joy of your salvation through Jesus and uphold us with your incredibly generous spirit. And then we will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners will be converted to you. Deliver us, O Lord our God, from the guilt of our sin. God of our salvation. And then we shall sing aloud. We shall praise you and give glory, Father, for your righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you, Father. Amen. The Lord's Supper. Holy Communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Ani, Badodi, Badodi Li. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine.
So all that matters You were born to shine for his king To guide you lived in our place You were seeking what was lost And I know Any place, anywhere that you've been You were bound to live without sin Regardless of the cost Yes, I know You were killed for all that we owe For the sake of all eternity You died for me You were strong, you were kind, you were just, you were aiming for the goal. And you were smiling, always strong and secure through your word, like a shepherd guiding his herd, giving shelter. In the soul Cause I know That your word holds power to grow Through your spirit and serenity You speak to me hurt for my offense, you were sick for my disease, you were poor for my prosperity, you were strong when I am weak, I praise you my redeemer, I praise your majesty, you were left by God Almighty, to always be with me, and I know, I will never be Mercy for a soul. 
And I know you will be wherever I go. The trouble runs and easily you'll bear for me. And you know I will always follow you. To spread the word, to be a speaker of truth. I trust in you, in all that I do. We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Isaiah 6.8 Also, we hear your voice, Lord, saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we say to you, Father, here we are, send us. John fourteen twelve through 14 Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him, the Lord Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, through the cross. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. 
Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. James 5:16b The effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity impassioned passionate intense vehement ardent sincere fervid and heartfelt We cast out demons Mark 16:17 to 18 and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. I believe that means coming against, you know, these entities that we know of as shape-shifting reptilians. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Ingest, that means to ingest in any form. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darknesses of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Sounds like it's hard. Luke 10, verse 19. Before the cross, before Pentecost, Jesus sent out the seventy sinners from amongst the multitude. And he said, when they returned, awed by his power and his name, said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you believe? Mark 9.25 When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He wasn't asking. Matthew twelve twenty eight. But if I cast out, Jesus said this, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? Unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. The strong man is the superior demon. The house is the human body or the location or the country or whatnot. Okay, the land, okay, Ephesians 3, um, 320, I think it is, whatever. Um, plunder his goods, okay, that would be the demons, the, you know, the subordinate demons, unless he first binds the strong man. So you've got to bind the strong man, get rid of him, cut off the head of the snake, and then you can get rid of the subordinate demons. That's plundering the house. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order because the demons were cast out. Then he goes 
the demon, goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Why? Because they failed to go and sin no more. That's why Jesus said to the man, now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. John fourteen twelve to 13, again, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go unto the Father. Very important. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Father, we, are rec- we recognize that there are skirmishes that are being provoked by the global satanic crime syndicate of evil over in the lands around about Belarus and the Ukraine and Russia and the neighboring lands as well. We know there are skirmishes taking place in India between India and China. But in particular, Lord, for whatever reason, whether or not it will come to fruition or not, there are definitely noteworthy troubles in and around about the land of the Ukraine. Your will be done. Nevertheless, Father, we hold them up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hold up a golden bowl of forgiveness symbolically before your throne as a royal priesthood. And we ask you, Father, please, in Jesus' name, to pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of the lands of the Ukraine, Belarus, Russia, and all the neighboring lands. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Please, Father, forgive them. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of Jesus, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above those lands. For safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow freely upon the earth, unhindered by the spiritual realm of darkness. Praise you, Jesus. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Belarus, the Ukraine, and Russia, and all neighboring countries, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and by his blood, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into screaming agony. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the horrific yelps of agony. In Jesus' name, scattering the darkness in all directions, making a public spectacle of you thereof. In Jesus' name and in accordance with Colossians 2.15. Hallelujah. We decree and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of a hundred trillion angels, hundreds of trillions of an innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to be dispatched into the spiritual realm above these lands to wage war against these such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. Strong men, we command you in the name of Jesus, release the peoples in the lands of Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia. In Jesus' name and all neighboring countries, come forth, out in the name of Jesus, we bind and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God 
to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony, and we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree and declare your holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate all of the peoples of these lands on all sides in Jesus' name. Let nothing unclean re-enter the unclean swept house in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even if but for a time. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we plead with your courts of heaven and pray and declare in Jesus' name your crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into each of their hearts, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in Jesus' name. John fifteen sixteen. And Father, we plead with your courts for an innumerable company of angels of light and love to descend upon them, Father God, to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men, to save their souls from the pit, and to seal their instruction in accordance with Job 33, 14, and 15. Alleluia. Thank you, Jesus. Father, reveal yourself to them. In dreams and visions, Holy Lord Jesus, we pray for an innumerable company of angels in light and love and for your presence, divine and holy, through the spirit of the living God, to come upon them deep in the night, to call them by their names, to reveal the man in the white robe, that they should all find salvation through you, through the revelation and through your divine compassion. We pray in Jesus' name for miracles to occur across those lands, regardless of whether or not there is war or not. Your will be done, Father. We stand at the ready to serve you, no matter what, through thick and thin, for we surrender our lives before your supreme court of heaven. We were bought and paid for with a price. We are yours, and you are ours. We praise your name forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free 
Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. Renew our minds, renew our souls, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits sleep patiently. Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The churches gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free